welcome once again to because you are young if you've never joined us before welcome because you are young is a program for young people here on kingdom world radio where we discuss the dynamics of the christian life for a young person our issues and how christ has prescribed that we handle them in his word you can join our conversation today just check out our social media handles on twitter instagram facebook at the kw radio i'll introduce my guests and my topics immediately after we go on a short break now please don't go anywhere we're going to go on a break now this is still because you are young on kingdom world radio no christ live by street we'll be right back If you are just joining us, this is Because You Are Young here on Kingdom World Radio. Today is the day for a very interesting topic. But before I talk about that, we're going to introduce my friends and guests who are here to thrash it out with me in the studio one by one. I am a Wimroda. My name is Chinedu Udechuku. My name is Favor Epete. All right, Roda, Chinedu and Favor, thank you so much for coming to the studio today to discuss with me, God Gets Mad at Us. Or as I would like to say it, how to get God to punish you. Sorry, that's not the name of the topic. It's God gets mad at us. So today we're going to be looking at the anger and the wrath of God. How we can incur it or how to avoid it. Let's say it like that. Because we don't want to incur the wrath of God. So how do we avoid it? Alright, so let's start off now. To draw a baseline, now we're talking about the anger of God. Now, of course, it's very popular in a lot of Christian circles to say things like, ah, God is a God of mercy. God is a God of love. God does not like to injure people. God does not like to hurt people. A good God cannot send somebody to hellfire. We are saved and so our spirit is pure. Therefore, we cannot incur God's judgment. But before we even talk about any of that, self, what does it mean for God to get angry? What does it mean for God to get mad, per se? How does, you know, he's a God of, um, true, true, he's a God of love and a God of mercy. So how does such a God actually get angry? What does that mean? Because um, God gets angry because, for instance, using as a human being, we have likes and dislikes. Okay. And as a God too, he has the things that he likes and things that he hates. So, if um, we, his creatures, don't fall in that part of his likes and we fall in the part of hate, it means that we are liable for his anger. So, that's what I understand about question yeah so if god made us in his nature i think and you know god puts different attributes in us and of course one of them is like i don't want to say anger is an attribute of god but it's part of human nature you can be upset with somebody because of something the person um, did so god can also be upset with people we've seen it in the bible and i'm sure um, some of us have personal instances where we felt, oh, God was not happy with what we did. So for God to get angry at you means for God to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and also I think um, before he gets angry, he must have shown you what to do or told you what to say. You know, just like parents train their children, don't go there, you go the first time, I'll flog you and all of that. And then you see that it gets to a point where you have to flog. You have to discipline that child for that child to learn. So I think that's um, the main reason. Or that's why God gets mad at us. In the sense that he has told us, he gave us his word as Christians now. We know what he likes. We know what he does not like. And then we keep going over the wrong things over and over again. Even after warning us. It gets to a point where he doesn't have a choice than to get mad at us and to punish us. Okay, so by, by from summary now we understand that. Okay, you know something that um, Favor said that he said that you don't want to say that anger is a part of God's nature. Me, I particularly beg to differ on that part, um, that um, subject. I believe that by naturally, that natural speaking of what a righteous judge is supposed to be, 
anger actually is part of the person of God. You read Psalm 7 verse 11, it says that God is a righteous judge and a God who has indignation every day. Mm. Which means that every waking moment is angry. Ang- is, an- is, a- is angry at the wicked. The wicked. Yeah. If following the first the next verse, verse 12 says that if a man does not repent, he will sharpen his sword. He has bent his bow and made it ready. He has also prepared for himself deadly weapons. He makes Mm. his arrows fiery sharp. Behold, (laughs) he travels with wickedness and he conceives mischief and brings forth Falsehood. Is this about the devil? Well, this is about the evil. <laughs> no, this is about the evil man. The evil man. <laughs> he has dug a pit and hollowed it out and has fallen into the hole which he made. That's talking about the evil. These are all the things that God will cause to happen to them. Mm. So I believe that just like human beings, anger is a fundamental part of who God is. It's part of his justice. Mm. God getting angry and punishing people is one of the things that makes him a righteous God. God. Because he cannot be righteous if he does not get angry with iniquity. Mm. He has to get angry with it. And he has to come against it. If it is iniquity that will not be repented of. So I think we can all say that how does God get mad? We've already established that. The, a righteous and loving God has to get angry. Mm. It has to be a part of him. Mm. If he is to remain righteous, he can't remain unhappy. He can't remain happy with things that you know, are in direct contrast with his nature. So established that the next um i think agenda um, on all of this nice why <laughs> why why should god get angry or why does god get mad at us why would god want to punish somebody or the most important part as we've said before how do you get god to punish you <laughs> let's begin to look at it one by one ideas there's somebody out there looking to write a book <laughs> how do you get god to punish you that's the question if there are no consequences for sin, the truth is we will go through life living as if we are perfect people. So if a loving father, like I mean physically, a biological father or a guardian can punish a child yeah. or bring correction using any means, that means like God also, we are everybody, we are God's children, we are God's, like we are God's creation. So God has the right to punish us. If um, you know, there, there's a place in the Bible that says that iniquity abounds because justice doesn't um, come early. Mm-hmm. Yes, doesn't come quickly. So for you to know that, oh, I'm in the wrong, ha, God has to do something about you. He has to show you his other side. He has to punish you for you to know that, oh, this thing I'm doing is not right. If not, you go through life thinking, oh, this what I'm doing, this path I'm treading on is the, right, the right and path. perfect path go through i think uh, like what you just said now that's the baseline of what we are working on from i think we've established that that god as part of his fundamental nature of being just and being a righteous father has to punish iniquity has to get angry but then when i want to look at what are the reasons what would a we're going to look at who he gets angry at if i think we should look at that first we should look at that particular point first who does god get angry at who who are the people that God is annoyed with? We have to take that um, one by one. Who does get God get mad at? That's now the another question. Because we have to be able to identify. You know, because you know that they say that when you don't know that something concerns you, you will not give attention to it. To it yeah. if, you if you don't think it concerns you. So now let's answer the question. Who exactly does God get angry at? Who can he get angry at? Okay, I think God can get angry at anybody. Everybody. God really? gets angry on everybody. It depends it's just like you asking who can a parent beat let's say someone has five children and you're asking her who can you get mad at there's no special like apart from like anybody that defaults for but the bible tells us that god is constantly angry with the wicked every day so the wicked people now their own is that just know it god is mad at you because you've not come to acknowledge him and then secondly from the Bible, we also see that at a point, the Bible tells us that um, David was a man after God's heart, right? Mm. But then at a point, he was mad at him. And then he sent the prophet to tell him that this and this and this you've done doesn't sit well. So I think God can get mad at anybody. Just that for the sinner, it's constant. Is You cannot even... There's no remedy to it except 
you come back to him and you know you repent and you give your life to him then he forgives but then for a believer whenever you are going astray when you are doing something that doesn't sit right when you are disobeying the rules and regulation that you've decided and chosen to follow as a christian god will actually get mad at you Please, I need clarification. There's, you said um, that... Um, I don't need clarification already. Whenever I ever start... No, no, <laughs> it's a clarification. <laughs> you said something that God is angry at the wicked every time and those that don't want to do his will. So does it mean the wicked are only unbelievers? Because the Bible says, amongst my... In Jeremiah, God was telling him that amongst my own people, I have found wicked men. So... Does Christian do we fall under this category of wicked men? I think I think that, that one should be rather easy to answer. You know, the Bible Jesus when Jesus was speaking, he said that he that does righteousness is the one that is righteous. Yeah. So I think we can flip that very easily and say that he that does wickedness is the one that is wicked. So if as a believer mm. you make a practice of doing wickedness, you qualify to be among the wicked. Now of course, now we're talking about when we say believe, we're talking about people that have come to the knowledge and accepted Christ Jesus. Now, the problem is that we don't know that accepting Christ Jesus and just saying, I'm a Christian, doesn't really qualify you for the blessings and the glories that God was supposed to give his children. There are things that have to be, you know, put in place. There are things that you have to do. There are, there's a level of following that you have to subject yourself to. You have to become a disciple. Yeah, a diligent one at a that. A diligent, barian, attituded Christian, that kind of a thing. When you just come now, ah, I've given my life to Christ. Jesus has accepted me. Then you go back to the ways that people in the world are engaged in. There is really no difference for you in the sight of God when God wants to judge iniquity because you have sat in the seat of scoffers. Hmm. You are working with sinners. Yet you are claiming to be... And when God wants to judge them, he will, by extension, even if not directly, judge you as well. So, just like Rhoda said now, of course, we know that that we read before in Psalm 7 that the Lord has indignation towards the wicked every day consistently like think about it like this that if you are practicing wickedness your existence is annoying like see now let us get it completed not as if God does not love all men God does but then by virtue of you being a object of wrath you are that's exactly the word. Like whenever he turns, you see me. <laughs> <laughs> if if God if God divers, he will just look you. <laughs> that kind of thing. And the truth is that how do you escape that position? The truth is just to turn away. What does he say? He, he was talking about this in the book of Ezekiel. So that if a wicked man turns away from his iniquity and does righteousness, say all of his past iniquity will mm. not be held against him. If he said the opposite, it's like if a righteous man, a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and does iniquity, say all his former righteousness will be forgotten. It will not be remembered. Then he will die for his iniquity. So we understand the nature of God being that he judges our present actions. He judges our present lifestyle. How are you living now? I, I've been a Christian for 50 years, but now you are living as an unbeliever. When the Lord wants to relate to you, he's not relating with you based on the 50 years that you have lived mm. in his will. He live, he's living with you. He's relating with you based on what is it now? Mm. So to answer the question now, before somebody else to talk, what I would say is that, you see, God, to summarize who God gets angry at, is the wicked. Whether you are an unbeliever or you are a believer in Christ Jesus, if you qualify to be among the wicked, yeah, God right. gets angry. Yeah. If you do the deeds of the wicked. If that's just it. Yeah. You have said it all because because I, I was about to start categorizing, but it's still the wicked. Because <laughs> it, it's not like okay, it's not like people. it's not like you are, there is open the gate. This is the children of God, but mm-hmm. you are you are part of them. No. Once you enter, they look at you. You are bearing their badge. Just go out. It's <laughs> <laughs> so just his objects. Like when he turns, he's just waiting for anger. Like anger is upon you. Okay. I think that really does clear up like the attitude of who God gets angry at. Which now, you know, this, this, these things are very important for us to consider when we are looking. Because, you know, you encounter a lot of questions that, uh-uh. But God, I've, I've, I've repented now. God understands. Things are difficult. That kind of thing. And yeah. then... Is it not? Mexico. And we need to say something about it because, come on, you know, you know, I'm a human being. What do you mean by our weakness? He's mindful, but you know, be firewood at the end of the day. Now, you guys consider all this. Even God, I'm saying, is he's familiar with our, you know, the, our, with our weakness. With our weakness. <laughs> <laughs> he's supposed to. So, but just like we are saying, 
don't don't put yourself in that position because it's not a good position like accepting what god has done for us in christ jesus takes you out from that um, angry zone yeah yeah it takes you completely out because you come to the mercy seat of christ yes because once you start saying that it's because of my human weakness yeah you know god you understand now because most people when you hear them say something you say that ah who told you they said i i just thought it all you say okay and you're planning to use it to go to the heaven that you didn't create (laughs) (laughs) just just reason it you say okay once i'm doing once once i'm doing good once i'm this that's no i say okay did you create heaven no you create yourself (laughs) i want to use this on this basis to go there check yourself so most times just make sure that you are always falling on that mercy seat. Yes. Falling on what day. God has done for us in Christ Jesus. And yeah. don't put yourself in that spot where God is targeting and shooting I, you. I think one important scripture that we can use to like, you know, wrap up this food of God get man angry at things. Like Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 2. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners. To proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, and this is the important part, and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, we know that in Luke 4, I think verse 18, Luke 4, that's when Jesus was read the scroll, this very scroll of Isaiah, and then he stopped at that favorable year of the Lord part, and said that today before you, this is fulfilled. I think it just speaks very clearly that Jesus' coming, first coming, was to redeem mankind and let them be able to experience God's favor. God opened the door through Jesus Christ for everybody to come in and be accepted. Just come in through Christ. Don't they say, come as you are. In the first instance, that's how it is. Mm. Just come in. Once you accept Jesus Christ, however you were before, is irrelevant at that starting point. Just come in through Jesus Christ. That's what the, the favorable year of the Lord precedes. Now, this is the part that Jesus did not say the first time because he's going to have to do it when he comes again mm. and when he's doing our personal lives. He said, and the day of vengeance of our God. Whoever does not, whoever skips through the favorable year of the Lord, where you will land is the day of vengeance of our God. Mm. If you skip the favorable year, if you don't accept God's grace and favor, what you will end up with is his vengeance. And this one now, you know, this kind of thing now, it now makes it clear that this is not just about believer and believer kind of thing. Is anybody that will not accept the grace and favor? Mm. God understands. You know, but you know before I would. No, wahala. <laughs> There's no problem. The, I know the funny thing there. Everybody will eventually be saved. Everybody will eventually be saved. Depends on the department they put in. That's it. <laughs> will you be saved through his the favorable year, or you will be saved through the day of vengeance? That is always up for you to choose. He's saved. Don't worry. God is so merciful. He loves us all. He wants to save all mankind. So he wants to restore all things to himself through Jesus Christ. He wants to restore all things. But at the end of the day, look, he's a righteous judge. So you will not come and do that. After all these people have accepted the favorable year of the Lord, you will now come and say, Baba God, please. No, you will go through the day of vengeance. And by that, the day of vengeance, you will say, I will come back. It's a bit you don't stop and finish. <laughs> After everything. So I think that completely answers the question, who are the people that God will get angry at? Just skip God's favor. Skip God's grace. That's what he did to the people of Israel now. So that I will give them prophets to, prophets to continue to kill. Yeah. They will reject the word of the prophets, the warnings that were coming. What was happening? So that after everything, the judgment of all past generations that has been held up, this generation to cover all of them will come upon you people. Why? Because we continue to reject the grace and truth that was coming to the prophets. Continue to kill them. It happens in our lives like that. Once yeah. you skip favor, once you skip grace, what you end up with is vengeance. Yes, and I think to back up what you just said about the children of Israel, Second Kings seventeen eighteen said, Therefore the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. Hmm. So people will now think that, okay, Israel now, Israel, 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 the beloved of God. And maybe they were the beloved of God yesterday, and today they, they, they left... No, no, no. The funny thing is, they will always be the beloved of God. Yes. God but, will always see them, hold them as beloved in His sight. Now you know what if they carry your leg, they walk out go do. <laughs> but gets. the thing is that yes, once we skip, like, let's just know that there's punishment for every. Like He punishes. People say God does God not do bad punish. things. 
As don't as don't kill anymore. Somebody will even come and argue with you that you are talking about the people of Israel. This is the Old Testament God. Yes. Since the New Testament, he has washed his face mm. and he's looking different. He's a consuming there. fire as well. He's a merciful God, but he's he also a consuming what he's fire. Do, what he said he will do to, mm-hmm. what's her name? Babylon. Mm-hmm. What he said that he will do to Jezebel that, that causes his people to commit sexual... Mm-hmm. You know, the thing is that, just based on this thing that you were saying just now, you know, like I, I said in the beginning, that when you don't know that something concerns you, you won't pay attention to it. You would think that that's the people of Israel. Stay there. It can concern anybody. Yeah, the Bible says in First Corinthians um, ten that these things happened for our learning. For our learning, and it gave the examples what the children of Israel did. You know, when God um, punished them, He said, "These ten times you have disobeyed." Yeah. So God, God is merciful. He shows mercy before punishment. Ten so David times. said, "Before I <laughs> ten times. was punished, I erred." So if God will not just come and punish you for nothing, you have to err. You say you if you check it, you yes, know you know say you don't do something. <laughs> At the end of it all, though, and I think this thing, you know, it comes with personal experiences for all of us. Me, I can even tell you stories. You sometimes there are things that just happen to you. You just know that this one happened to me mm. because you, I you was disobedient. No need of no need of asking God. They for can convince you left and right. Say why did this happen to you? I misbehaved. You just have to God punish No vex. Next time. <laughs> That, that now brings us to the next point that we wanted to talk about before. Why? What are the things that God gets angry at? Now, we want to itemize them little by little, at least general things and the more specific things. Even if we don't cover everything that God can get angry at, there are general guidelines. That's where we want to come into now. The floor is open. You can even give a personal experience. What God used to verse for you one time. What God used to get angry at you. I believe we are all believers. And since judgment should start in his own house first, what has he done to you? Or what do you think he does to people in general or i mean not what does he do i mean why what are the things that people will do that will get him to exact his wrath on them i, I think looking at the first um prototype judgments <laughs> sodom and gomorrah <laughs> because you will understand all these things just like first corinthians 10 says they are for our learning so god has given us prototypes and it's not the real deal the as in the main thing is coming but you are giving us okay. Look at this so, and compare. Yeah. So looking at the first prototype, what what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah? Um, say the um, maybe I don't know. Maybe the the mention of the homosexuals, um, all sort of things like the one we experienced with the Lord's family when the angels came. Like Romans one told us that that's not even the main sin. That is as a result of not acknowledging God. That God gave people over to that kind of disgusting yes. lifestyle. So you see that they don't acknowledge God. They think that everything, and you might think it's it's some small thing, but see, Thanksgiving, eh? Thanksgiving, we should not be joking with Thanksgiving. Like maybe, maybe not saying Father, I thank you, but acknowledging God for who He is. Mm. Don't taking His glory, not taking His glory. Don't not playing with what you know that is only me that can do. You ascribe me to another thing. Oh, it's our wisdom. That uh, is our power, just like Nebuchadnezzar. Is he not Babylon? Hmm. Babylon, that I great. God just showed him mercy. So we see that not acknowledging God, not giving God thanks, whether you know him or you don't, that does not qualify. Because there are plenty of things, just like maybe looking out the window now, there are beautiful trees. Ah, wow. Just that alone is an acknowledgement to God. But you know, there are some people, their, ha- their hearts have grown so wicked. And they can't see any good, and anything they see, their their heart is just devising wickedness. I think it was probably said that the wicked man, even his own, he's wicked to his animals too. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, like that. so there's a place like that. So you see that mm. everything about you is just wickedness, like it's in the blood. When you are breathing, you are thinking, okay, I'm watching that stuff. You are looking at thinking of ways wickedness. to do evil. So you see, they are not acknowledging all these things, and because of that, it resulted in their lifestyle and everything. So, Thanksgiving, lack of Thanksgiving, lack of acknowledging God for who he is. Like, with the, currently, we are in 2023 now, with the way the economy is when people are calling names, it is this person's fault. But thank God for his mercy that he made us see that this government just finished and this person just took over. So, the names just changed. And if you are sincere, you know, you see that this person is not really a problem because this government just dropped and this person just picked government. You just stop calling this person's name and you have picked another person's name. Immediately. <laughs> so you see that it's not really the person's problem. Mm. 
you are acknowledging something that is not dependent. So when we look at all those things, we can properly thank God and know that in Him lies everything. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I want to read Romans chapter 1, verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So from here now, adding to what um, Chinedo has said, now you know the truth. Funny enough, eh, these wicked people or people that have decided that, okay, you are just wicked, everything about you is wicked. You know the truth. Why not just, even if you don't believe, the worst part is that you now decide to suppress the truth and make other people around you, like, mm. you're to seeing stumble. That, to yeah. stumble. That's the problem. You see, you go to churches, you're in a circle of friends, you're among friends, and you are discussing. You know that this is no good. This is outright sin. Okay. And then, you, you, for instance, now, the nation is hard. That's what people say, this one, that one. And obviously, we all know that stealing is no good. yeah. Then you now come and you are trying to, you know, justify make, the fact yes, that stealing is not bad. And then mm. someone you are calling a, evil. We are calling good, good. what God has yes. called evil. Yes. yes. I think it's in scripture. I think is it Micah? That's that's scripture. Yes. Actually, to call woo. He was saying woo. Yes. Who yes. to who calls evil? Is Isaiah? Okay, yeah, I think it was Isaiah. Who wants those who call good evil? evil. Who said that bitter is sweet? <laughs> the world was plenty. <laughs> now, what God has said is bad. You come uh, and say, no, it's good. Yeah. Say, your trouble is, is great. <laughs> Let me read in 1 Corinthians 10, just from verse 6. It says, now, all these things serve as a type and pictures for us. Lessons that teach us not to fail in the same way by callously craving worthless things and practicing idolatry as some of them did. For it is written, the people settled into their unrestrained rivalry with feasting and drinking, then rose up and became widely out of control. So if when you read 1 Corinthians 10, you see five things that was pointed out by Paul that these people did. Of course, these five, these five things is sin. You get everything we'll mention here today is actually a sin. But then we, want, we don't just want to say sin. So people sitting, you listening to us out there won't just feel, oh, sin is sin. Sin is not sin. These people, they committed idolatry. The second sin they committed was sexual immorality. Their idolatry led to sexual immorality. And the Bible said that 23,000 died on a single day. It says, nor should we provoke the Lord as some of them did by putting him to outrageous tests that resulted in death from snake bites day after day. And we must not embrace their ways by complaining and grumbling. Yeah with discontent as many of them did and we are killed by the destroyer like what we just said complaining about the country the government you know the leaders everything Everything. Ah, you're blaming everything Everything. you go to markets the matter is expensive thunder will fire the governor thunder will fire the president like you just find you derive pleasure in cursing the land oh this country you're not blessed Nigeria is a zoo. You know, and you say all manner of things. That is complaining and grumbling. The Bible says that you will be killed by the destroyer. I, I, I think, that, like, I would have liked us to itemize all of these things, even after the break. But since we've already brought it up, that's that first Corinthians 10, where it first of all says that, do not be idolaters, do not, not let us act immorally, nor let us try, nor let us try the Lord, nor grumble. I think itemize all those things that you cannot... Idolatry, one. Idolatry, sexual immoral living. Yeah. No, I don't want to say sexual immorality. Immoral living. Yes, impurity. Two. Impurity. Yeah. That's two. Trying the she Lord. Have brackets. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because these days they have different names. Different names. Uh, hmm. So you have impurities. Impurity. Impurity. Any immoral form. living. Two. Any form. Trying the Lord. Three. Grumbling and complaining. Four. Is there a fifth one? Let me sit there. We'll explain that very I think uh, as soon as we get back from our break, we'll now begin to hash out each of them, maybe one by one. Let us now. The first one there, of course, is idolatry. What exactly is idolatry? Because, of course, for most people now that are listening, even if you most likely did not grow up in a generation where somebody was bowing down to idols in your backyard, you most likely did not do that. In fact, many people would even say that they grew up in um, Christian homes. So, what exactly would you call idolatry? You get. And then. Paul even began to explain. He said the people sat down to eat and drink and stood up to play. 
basically play means that uh, they, they uh, is um, wild yes, orgies, wild. Yeah. all kinds of very serious immoral play. play. Serious play. <laughs> 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 so, then, okay, now, with that in mind now, what does it mean? Idolatry, what does idolatry mean for a believer now? We have to, before we go on our break, very quickly recover that one. What is idolatry for a believer in Christ Jesus? Having a place in your heart for any other thing that is not God. Yes, setting your mind on anything at all. It may be your studies, probably. It may be money, anything that has money own. It may be phone, (laughs) social media, Mm -hmm. anything that has your primary focus, that you wake up in the morning, that's one thing you are thinking of. Anything you are doing is toward anything you are doing is toward that thing. It may not even just be that you are thinking of it sometimes. It might not even some people they will start that's not what motivates they are not consciously thinking of it. But you are making your decisions and you based are being on, driven yeah. based on that particular principle or in pursuit of that particular thing. Aside God. And sometimes it can be very, very subtle. What did Jesus Christ call mam call mammon in the Bible? He said, What shall we eat? Basic what shall we drink? Mm. Where with us shall we be clothed? These are basic necessities of life. Mm. Why Jesus Christ said that is mammon. <laughs> <laughs> that's the don't self It doesn't mean what I say it plainly. So that's it. You see, if you are thinking about those things, you are serving mammon. And that's you know how that, you put it. You know that to us now, that's a very sensible thing to think of. Yeah. Will you not think of what you eat before? You can't think of what you eat. I think that's now the question of idolatry. You know, idolatry, just like we're talking about this country thing. Now, let's just um, say this last before we go on a break. That country thing, when somebody, you see, like, favor said, you go to market, price of tomatoes has increased, <laughs> and next thing you cost the governor. What people don't realize is that you have now said that my sustenance and the price of tomatoes is controlled by this governor, not by the God I serve. Idolatry. The problem is that even when you see good road, like let's say the the governor has decided to, you know, um, construct this road, you will still come. You are saying, and you are looking for faults. You are looking. Hmm. You are trying to. Co- is, is it not? Is it not that just one, cheap? That ah. one is even. That one is even a later since when we get to grumbling <laughs> and complaining. These are idolatry hmm. ones. The one because many people don't realize. Sometimes even when they are blaming their problems, yes. on the, yeah. they don't realize that they have magnified yes. them and made the them devil. an idol in their yes. sight because they are yes. seeing reason. All their problems. And then they are being reasonable. It. Can't you see it? And that's what you went to university. And it's justified. It's just. I think we'll just go on a short break because this one is about to become very interesting. This is because you are young. We're going to go on a quick break. We'll be back very shortly. Don't go anywhere. Hello, everyone. You are welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Because You Are Young, the Young People's Program on Kingdom World Radio. We've been talking about God Gets Mad At Us. This is the first part. And so far, we've talked about who God gets mad at, why should God get angry, or how does he get angry? And then we started looking at what are the things that we do, what does God actually get angry, how do we get God to actually incur his wrath upon us? And we started looking at some items from 1 Corinthians 10. We were looking at idolatry before we went on the break, and we're going to go right back into it. We identified that idolatry is basically when you put your eyes, you fix your hopes, trust, whether consciously or unconsciously, on Mm. something that is not God. You've made an idol out of that thing. And we're trying to hash that out, and we're going to get right back. So before we leave, we're talking about something like, example, the country, for instance, now. When you blame everything that is wrong, or your own problems, on the devil, or the governor, or one other form of government, that you've made an idol out of that thing. Okay, uh, yes. Yeah, I even had another example that just comes to mind. You can even make an idol of some of the devotions you are doing. You can turn it into an idol, because... You have in your mind because I fast every Tuesday, and because maybe I give to orphanages every month. Mm. Unconsciously, in your, in you are doing well, but in a way, it's seeping into your, it's up to it's entering into your mind that it's rearing its head, telling you that see, because you are doing this, God should bless you. Because this you are way. doing this, maybe you are not hearing it all the time, but in a way, it's building as an idol in you. So we just have to make sure that because you might be saying, okay, this is an idol. Because you just said that before you correct your brother, look, na plank, na plank there your eye. No be no be ordinary with na plank. So just have to look inward and look at yourself. Are there things that I'm because I'm doing, I'm having confidence 
in myself because that's that's the wrong a wrong premise because we are not supposed to have any confidence in ourselves all, all our dependency must be on what God can do for us. So I'm just seeing that now that you might be doing some things and if care is not taken, you are self-righteous. Yes. Mm. Yeah. You are self-righteous. Exactly. Uh-huh. So it happened to me like, let me say, I think from July, I just prayed, Lord, help me. Because you might be doing some things, ah, you are boy. doing it right. This boy, uh, you are you are there. You are on track. <laughs> and I just read one scripture. Paul said that I counted all this and dog. I I don't want to count my own righteousness mm-hmm. mm. because you are the, God didn't come because you are righteous. He was just 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 put the righteousness of Christ in you. Yes. Say you are not righteous. So in, you righteous. There is, in you there is no good now, thing. Yeah. Live righteously. You are holy. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Now become like that. Live like that. So every day, just like we said, fall on that mercy seat. Keep on asking God to help you so that you cannot start depending. Yeah. That's in I high. I think it was on one of I the Bible now. studies here that I think so that we were discussing, and then Pastor said, um, once you start recounting the good deeds you are doing, once you start like, okay, I've done this one, okay, I've fasted, okay, just know that. You are falling away. You are not. You are like God will soon punish you. Exactly because <laughs> your main more, focus, everything. <laughs> Continue. I did this. I did this. I did. Yeah. I did. I know this. God is a jealous God. He doesn't yeah, want he anything to take his place at all. I think. I think just like, you know, we're talking to young people now. And there are many things that um, you know usually try and take away our attention from what our true source is. Like for instance, now it even happened to me like that. So that we can get into activity, feeling like we are working for God mm-hmm. as a way of being righteous and holy. You know, this one is not difficult because sometimes we forget that what is the important thing as far as God is concerned is that you pay attention to the word, you believe in him who he has sent, and then he can form himself in you. Many times, for especially for young people, we like to do go up and down, go up and down, go up and down, do this, do that, do this, do that, try and, and then you now come and be, come before the Lord and be like, I've worked for God. God, exactly. that's now why God will bless me. And here's the funny thing here. In a way, truly because of your labor, God does bless people that put in the plow. When you put your um, sickle in and to the harvest, you will really get something back. But then the problem now is that God doesn't want that mentality coming from us. That idolatrous, that idolatrous yes. self-righteous mentality. God which is why he makes it a point for us to pay attention to him. Stop trying to, stop trying to give, 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 give. He doesn't need anything from you, really. Come and sit down. He's the one that has abundance. Come and he's receive the one forming it. Forming the image. Exactly. He's mm. the one that is forming. You are not trying to. Um, you are not trying to conform to his image. No, he's making his image mm. in you. Mm. And the only way you can do that is when you sit down and be still. Yeah. And sometimes we make an idol out of our activity. Works. Yeah. And when you continue like that, especially when you have been warned. You can actually get God annoyed. That are you? It's basically like, are you trying to say that this is what will save your life? That calm down. Exactly. Was it this thing that you did that made Jesus to die on the cross? It's not something I do. It's not important to. What think about it first? Is that why Jesus came to come and die because you do these things? No. It's out of the love of God. So you must give attention to that first if you are going to have a reasonable Christian life. It can never. That's why sometimes uh, one thing that my shepherd said to me at one point is that. Anybody that God really wants to use, let's say, for instance, you want to be a teacher, for God to use you to be an effective teacher of his word or teacher of people, first of all, the thing he likes to do is to make you dislike the idea of teaching. That he doesn't want you to find pleasure in it, per se. That way, by the time he has dissociated you from it so much, you are now a useful vessel because now all that is in your mind is God. Why am I doing this? God. God for the love of God. For the love of God. I just love doing this thing. Usually, because and the problem with those kind of people that sometimes when you take that thing away from them, it's as if they've taken away their purpose from them. Mm. Meanwhile, that's not your purpose. Your purpose is to be like Christ, to be True. one and dwell with God in the end of the True. day. When you said that thing to me at one point, I was like, ah. You know, the thing sounds crazy at first that so God wants to make you a teacher. First of all, he wants you to hate teaching. Uh, how? But think about it. Is that not what he did to Moses? He brought Moses after after everything. He wanted Moses to go and deliver the people of Israel. He brought him from a place where he had all forms of learning. Hmm. He was versed in all the ways He's of the Egyptians. Ready. Made him a stutterer before he now said, yeah, good. Let's go and deliver his shit. What's he no one go say? <laughs> he said, go where? <laughs> <laughs> and just to add to what you just said that um sometimes God wants us to sit. don't do it just sit down just 
sit down and listen to me. Don't don't do anything. Don't be running up and down. In in Pastor Banky's book, How to Work for God, he stated it clearly. One the first way, in fact, the first way to work for God is sitting down and, and listening. Most of us cannot sit down and, and that's, that's the only way to get rid of idols because yes. you, you don't know you even have an idol. You don't know what is an idol. Yeah, you don't know you have. think they are beautiful. Yes, exactly. You feel yeah. this and aspiration. <laughs> oh, education, my PhD, my masters. Don't I, I need to get to married? Serve God. I want to do this. <laughs> you know, busy. you feel yeah. yes, you feel yeah, his aspiration, but you don't know you've made you know a graven image. Yeah. He wants to it. talk to you, but you are not there. You know, God, I want to. And this is just over. this is just a call for self-examination for many of us. That hey, some of those things that you have held so dear, sometimes it's even true that God, some of the things that were holding so dear, by the time you have finished spending all your energy to gather them, God will now come and tell you that that thing that you shouldn't use all your space, you no go use and do anything. Are you tired? You know, most times when we hear give your life, you think it's just ordinary give your life. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. It's give your life to Christ. <laughs> like, give it away. Like, give it, like throw it no longer away. Your own. That's why you start to deny yourself. Yeah. <laughs> because you can just put you like, what? You know, you shuffle what? Just yeah. Shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. It. I don't like this card. It is <laughs> throw it away. <laughs> and he knows he throws you there, but. It just allows you to just go that moment. And then if your eye is on that card that he threw away, you won't be able to follow mm-hmm. him wholly. You know when you say that he has to be savior, but more importantly, he has to be lord. Mm-hmm. The idea of being lord is that he has 100% total control. Yeah. And he cannot have control of you completely if your eye is fixed on. You can't, God doesn't want 99.999 percent. No, he wants everything. That's zero point zero. If I want, he has 99.9999 percent. You think any normal person will be satisfied? This is a half majority. Is now that zero point zero 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 one that you are holding for. that yes. is looking for? That's, That's the one he wants. You say God, but I gave you 99. Mm, I want that one. It's that one. In fact. You, you, you will tell one angel, hold this night tonight first. That's one of the lies that most times we deceive, about, deceive ourselves with. We call something secular and we call something spiritual. So we say, ah, this is not church. This is not church. This is business. This is reality. We deceive ourselves yeah. most times with that. But we must understand that God marks everything about us. Mm. He said we will give account. He's not giving account of what you do, uh, did in church or when, what you did at home. Is your whole life everything about you give account of what was assigned for you to do so we should be very careful i think when we look at the prototypes just like i said earlier um noah um sodom and gomorrah mm-hmm. like sh- children of israel even with david she frighten us a lot so that you know uh, uh, i don't want to fall into these hands yeah because said it is a, uh, a fearful thing, fearful yes, thing yes, to yes, fall yes, into bro. the hands of the living living it, god it, even even poor that didn't fall into that hands I was looking at reading Paul. I said, you are preaching for God and you are suffering all these things. He didn't <laughs> fall into the hands of... That's not even uh, God. It's not God's wrath. It's, it's not God's wrath. Too. I look at the things that he passed through. Imagine the people that are now his objects of wrath. So, yeah. I think that really clears off number one, this idolatry matter. And then we cannot throw ourselves to number two. Living immorally. That let us not act immorally impurity anything like that now the reason that when we said this if i wanted to say sexual immorality say let's not say sexual immorality let's say living immorality yes so we can cover a wider net of iniquity that sexual immorality can cover it's not as if this is not a sexual immorality. Whether like if you say sexual immorality, some it people say that does not consign them. Restricted, yeah. You know, you know yeah. this the, one. The word know. impurity alone. Too wide. It is deep. <laughs> no matter how you look at, it will catch you if you don't, if you are not careful. Yeah. For me, that word uh, immorally, impurity, it means that, for instance, we have been ransomed for Christ's sake. Yes. So at any point in time, that person that paid the price is not being the primary thing in our life. Is impurity. Is impurity. Yeah. So before we start going to um, the thoughts, the lusts, and every other thing, just start from the purity of the heart is that Christ is formed in us. So when Christ is not being formed in us, that's impurity. So I think that's the first basis. So that you should ju- just get that point. This thing reminds. There's a very particular analogy I want to use here. It even happened to me this morning that we we're recording when we we're going out. My younger brother wore a white up and down complete senator, but unfortunately he injured himself on his face. So when he was putting on his cloth, if one part of the cloth mistakenly touched that place, and then there was now one slight stain, one red stain, blood, that was on the cloth. Now the thing was small, thinking that mm, nobody will notice. 
Everybody that saw him, that was the first thing. What happened to your shirt? 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 This small, I said, you don't realize. The rest of the cloth is white. Why don't notice? But that blemish. That blemish will stand out. And that's how impurity is for people that are supposed to live a holy life. Every people think that have I not even tried? At least I'm not doing see. Eh? The reason that God attacks us so much, trying to cleanse us, you know, he said he's a God is like a refiner's fire. Mm-hmm. He's purifying. He doesn't want it's like the way, you know, the way we get sand to use and make glass. Sand comes with a lot of impurities. The part of sand that's actually used for making glass is not actually that much. It's um, silicon dioxide um, sil- um, silicon um, yeah, silicon dioxide, I think. Very small amount of sand is in sand. But then sand comes with a lot of impurities, dirt, dust, all kinds of things. What usually does that filtering, most of it, is when you pick sand from a water body, maybe a river, it will leave that one in one place and wash away majority of the impurities. But even at that, when you pick up that sand, you will not see that ah, this river has done majority of the work now. Maybe we'll just use it and make the glass like that. Hmm. Any other impurity you find when you melt it down, you take it out. This sound you might want to complain that ah, ah, they don't collect all major. This river don't do yourself, you don't get messy. But then God needs us to be perfect. Perfection. That is why sometimes you want to cover sexual immorality. I'm not sleeping with anybody that's not my wife now. But you will not leave people's children exactly. alone. <laughs> and some people enjoy viewing impurity. Just looking at yes. I'm telling you, some people enjoy watching like porn, porn, yes. Porn. That one you're even going to do. That one is deep immorality. Like you. Yes, <laughs> I rated a movies listening to very central songs watching you know it's like mo- almost every song today secular song has has impurity like you can't help it and then you just You're feed singing. yourself with it's this and they're being edified like they are enjoying they are not they are, they are into anatomy that's why it's like <laughs> <laughs> so this thing in, in fact impurity starts from small because even as a little child you're there you go to the eatery with your parents you're watching that is the only thing they play we are half dressed men and women are dancing so everything is going into the mind and you know how powerful the mind mm. is just so be storing it just be storing it playing it back to you when you are alone your mind we just that's the thing about that's why the bible talks about the washing of water by the word it's really a washing because sometimes you would think of course everybody i don't have i'm not community i'm not maybe you carry a foam maybe you carry a foam like you know this foam and if a normal foam i used to wash plates sometimes you finish washing plates with that foam per se maybe if that foam has been under rain inside sand everything then you bring it under water, let water run on top of it. All the dirt on the body will disappear. You can say the foam don't clean. Yeah, then you now squeeze it and see all the dirt and gunk that will come out of it. What do you now do again? You, you run the water back and cut. As the water is now, now the water is running, you are now squeezing it as the water is running. You they squeeze and they squeeze them. And that's what God, that water for us is the word of God. Yeah. And that person squeezing is the Lord Almighty, our Lord Jesus Christ, doing it every day, trying to purge us. But you see that. When the Bible said that Jesus was talking, I said that the prince of this world coming, but he has nothing in me. Yeah. The devil needs to have something to be of able course, to accuse. Of course. Of course. That's not how it works. He has to have something to be able to accuse. And what put something on is our wants. Because of the crazy things we want. <laughs> because, yes, our but, desires. But just like, just like what we need. When we go to Italy as, we, as a small child, I want see some things. Say, no problem. <laughs> It start bring start starting up. Start giving mm-hmm. us desires. Okay, I would like to wear this kind of clothes. Maybe back then, during Christmas and New Year, we we'll buy you clothes. What kind of clothes? And what is this one? Because of that picture that registered in your mind. Yeah, and like, and you be like, you uh-huh. like so uh-huh. so that's the thing. And <laughs> just like maybe you're going to wear kids ah birthday party. You see the kind of songs. They are playing for them. Like, everything is glorified like, I'm like, how can you play this kind of song for children? And they are dancing it. They don't know it. anything. The children? They are singing they it verbatim. Yes, they are dancing they're, it. They're, but then that same child, if you tell him, okay, how give us one worship yes, song, one worship song, or one scripture. This um, end of term, I was doing an MC for my, in my mom's school. So, because I started with um, Alabada, you know, yeah, uncle, this is not church. What's <laughs> 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 that told me that to? in from my sis because they are doing graduation? Say, uncle, this is not church. Nah, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't have get that. Vibes. You don't <laughs> have that. I just kept. I don't say anything. So 
at a point when everybody was not dancing, because another of my friend, Nanki, I said, I don't have this kind of song. If you have them, put it for them. So they were not dancing to that song. They were not dancing. So I said, okay. Why are you? Two times table. Everybody was running. Two times, just two times. They were running. But you can sing that one that word has like for word. word for word, huh. everything, and even the mannerism and everything. So you see, like, this society and the system and everything, they are just designed to defile us. And that's what the devil is doing, so that he doesn't need to start and be tempting out. You just put devices just plenty. Put it, just plenty Impurity devices is a door open now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, so, but just like a brother, I can only say, that's why God washes us. Your own is even my, use all this sand pepper, use some pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, to scratch everything because something needs to go off. So that's why we submit ourselves to the washing of the world. And, you yeah. know, it's, it, if you read Second Corinthians seven one that says, "Therefore, having these promises, beloved, mm-hmm. let, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of flesh mm-hmm. and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God." You mm-hmm. have to be cleansed of it. Mm-hmm. Some people, they will, that's why we didn't want to say sexual. Because this thing, eh, sexual immorality, is one of the most dangerous um, vices that a believer can get engaged in. Why? The Bible says that every other sin you commit is outside your body. Yeah, but these ones, they are within your own. Yeah. So how does that extend? You know, some people, they just don't have this, they just have this problem where some people, they think it just stops at, okay, intercourse, sex, that kind of a thing. But then, when you not, when we now say impurity, living immorally, what kind of conversations do you have with the opposite mm. sex, that kind of a thing? Why Why do you always have to? Some people, they, some people, especially guys, they have this addiction with touching people. And many of people can be guilty of this. And they will not be looking at, is that one bad too? You can't just seem to hug somebody without letting the hug cross somebody's elbow. Oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Why? It's Christian hug. It's, it's all part of, you know, that's, remember that small stain on my brother's cloth. Uh, that's yeah. what that thing is. Yeah. And when God wants to examine. It's widening. When God wants to examine, you will look at you. He said, ah, the cloth is white. What's that stain? Why don't you wash? There's a stain there. Go and clean it. Like, God, without my white cloth. He said, when we are presenting white cloth, this one not follow. Mm. There's a stain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go and clean it. Mm. I know one time what we don't realize is that sometimes then, if not for Jesus Christ, our stains far outnumber the patches of if I am only stained cloth with patches of white. Yeah. And many times we like to now uphold those patches of white as if at least I have this one. And God is looking at you like Jesus Christ, this sinner. Like your cloth is brown. You now found one white patch, and that's the one that you're using to hold yourself as if that's what to carry to salvation. Can yeah. you just imagine? Jesus now came and washed you. Oh, yeah, he, has, he has given you the opportunity to be washed. Who carried the cloth and put it inside now? You mm. said, Well, I have this white. Stop focusing on the white. That's the problem with many believers. We want to keep on focusing on that white. Yeah. As if we are not trying to perf- um, progress onto perfection. Mm. You stay on foundational teachings and you remain on foundational teachings. You just teachings. want to remain there. When Paul was talking to the Galatians, he said, You people should have been teachers by now. Yes, but so is it Paul? Or Hebrews. is it Peter? Hebrews. Yeah, I think I think okay, it was in the book of Hebrews. So many of you should have been teachers by now. But they are still you still need to be fed milk. Mm. People should be learning from you at this point. And you know the funny thing, we're talking about the wrath of God. If you remain useless for too long, he will discard you now. He will cut you off. He will <laughs> he cut just, off the branches where, where that, that don't bear fruit. How long have you been putting money on that? Cut it down. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that most times because of teachings that are wrong. People think that giving your life to Christ that's an automatic gateway to heaven, but it's not. You just say something in John 15 that I am the true vine, my father is the gardener. That any branch that does not bear fruit, yeah. The way I understand that most times we think that bearing fruit is the things that we do, your fruit, your be- works. Bearing fruit, primarily, what I understood from that scripture is that your constant being in Him. Once you are in him, like you, you, things that you do, you don't like pray to do them. You just, if you are breathing, you are just in him. So once we are in him, but people seem to forget that most times we seem to forget that that we need to do this, we need to do that. But it's as we remain in him, because once you step out, and when you understand, see the Christian, the Christian life is is let me say the truth, it's not an easy thing. So because you understand it's not an easy thing, we have to keep on running to God to show us mercy because this perfection that we are talking about now because someone will be hearing us they will say ah these giants is it, is general <laughs> look at the way I'm like, like just saying it as if ah it's like he's made of shield wood <laughs> uh, hey, man okay. of steel and all these things <laughs> but see I'm saying of myself I know I know of them too we are running to God every day in fact every every, every second uh, hey, so for every him to time. help us so because that's that's where the people that are more likely to air are people that are even walking 
closer to God. Because those are people that devil wants to pull away. Devil, I think he, yeah. his ego expands when he's able to pull those kind of people away. Their temptations are more severe. Mm. Because at that level, you don't take... You no know, when you're at the kiddish level, they'll be tempted with things like, ah, collect sweets, three biscuits, go and touch that girl. That's your own temptation. Yeah, they will look at that. They, they must not even take you serious. People that are serious, like, are trying to... People that you think that they are the generous. stones to bread. The things that they... <laughs> Imagine yeah. the amount temptation is come on. Are you, you not a child? Are you not a child of God? Is it written in the scripture? And you forgive And do you know the funny thing? If as if you fall, they will catch you. Yeah. But God is just a child. <laughs> I read the book and in the book he says, the higher you go in God, the easier it is for you to That's fall. That's why the Bible says, even if you think you stand, yeah. take, take it. it. Because the kind of deception that is easy to fall for at that level. The kind of things that they used to see people it's not it's not making no verse for you. Paul, Paul <laughs> writing to the Philippians, he said something. He said that I may know him. And I said, forgetting the things that are behind. Because most times, because of the exploit that we have done, mm. no, this man plays trees. Ah. I know he falls. I know in Ubojiago, in this, <laughs> I know what I did there. Ah, they are saying of me. Ah, may God help Say, forget us. what, forgetting things that we are looking, looking and for. This was Paul speaking of the apostle Paul. That I might be cast away. Yes. Uh, it's the yes. same for because, and he was just saying that paraventure I will be saved. So I hope that I will save. Yes. A whole point. Let's not be for yourself. Let us emphasize uh-huh. that this was Paul. See, oh. it's not it's not Brachini that was saying that <laughs> no. I may I'm, be saved. He's a whole apostle Paul. So you know that With the wealth of his revelation <laughs> is it that I may be saved. Do you know that, that after saved. all these things, that in final quest, Rick Joyner's book, he still mentioned it there. Those people that we are thinking that they did, yeah. they did in yeah. heaven, they are, they are still. Yeah. Even the Paul that was seated that was seated on the throne in the final court, so that yeah, the one where that's I do. By the time they showed me what I should have done, me self vex. Say what? Nobody is perfect. Yeah. So no matter taking it, don't, don't don't go that one. Don't go, that one. <laughs> <laughs> don't go it like that. Yeah. We have been made perfect in Christ. <laughs> that's yeah, not what we are talking about. But at the end of the day, that's why that's the importance of taking impurities very seriously. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Because when the prince of the world wants to come and accuse, it's all those tiny tiny yeah. dots of red on yeah. your wife that he will be pointing. He will make us think that impurity is sexual immorality, and we won't focus on this part. That's, That's it. it. We think that, ah, but I'm not, uh, not uh, living a sexual immoral Even life. Even when now. you lost the other your mind, you are in church. Since that pass, just one second, just one minute, your mind has gone to, oh my God. Travel. Fly That's away, travel. away, away, away. <laughs> it's I still think, a form of impurity. I think that really clears it up for impurity, like impurity, living immorally. Then the next point, of I think this might be the last one that we might be able to take with the time we have left. Let us not try the Lord mm. as some of them did and were destroyed by the serpents. Now, I think this one now is a very, very I think this one is quite difficult. See, what does it mean in everybody's expression? And they say, Don't try the Lord. What does it mean to try the Lord? Is it that you want to do God demo? Let me see what God will do. Oh, yeah, God, I've stand here now. Will you throw fire? I'll be you know, go throw fire. You dare, I'll be you know, if you are God, show yourself. God, show yourself <laughs> that kind of thing. What does it mean to try the Lord yeah. per se? I think um, there are plenty of things to explain about that, but I think you know this is wrong, and you know the consequences behind it, and still you went on to go and disobey God. So I think that's like trying God. Let me point out this case. Um, Saul was warned. He did the bad thing. Samuel brought correction. He was still insisting. He rejected it. And he rejected it. And despite all those things, he was saying, come and follow me. Like... I say, as in, you know, they even they fear. <laughs> this is Samuel, not even God. This no, is Samuel. He was I, giving excuses. Like now. he did them. He was to trying to save God. his face. Yeah. Yes. He, he, as he wasn't even afraid. David, the same scenario. Say, ah, Lord, help, have mercy, have yeah. mercy. He was asking for mercy, but Saul was like, no, I don't want, I don't want to lose face in this sight of my people. So I think in the case of Saul, that's where we try God, knowing fully well that we have done evil, and we are now trying to justify it. Not trying to give reason. Not trying to say this is the reason. You know, you know, if not because of that full price. No, no, if not because of that full price. You know, you know, I wouldn't have taken that money. I wouldn't have. You know, you know the cost of transportation now. You know the cost. 
You just you're supposed to understand. I think basically when it comes to triangle, it just basically means that, like you know this um, common statement now. Like just like you said, unrepentant sin. Mm. You know the consequences, or maybe sometimes you know them, but you don't believe that God will enact His vengeance upon you if you continue to sin. You like to tamper and play around with the grace of God. I believe that's what, what trying God is all about. And the funny thing is that for the children of Israel, it was grumbling about food that made God to send the serpent in the wilderness. They were, grum- they were grumbling. They were like, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? They were talking to Moses, but they didn't know that they were talking and grumbling and against God. And they continued again and again Yes, and they continued. Say, ah, this worthless bread, this, this, this and that. And the Lord sent serpents into their midst. So it's very easy. You know, most times we don't even know we are testing God. <laughs> There's something that okay. Let me use myself as an example. Now, okay. before you commit anything as a child of God, I believe before you fall into full-blown sin, the Lord would have sent help. Like He would have sent. That is the grace of God. The Bible mm-hmm. says that the grace of God is that help that He has sent to us. You know, so we can say no to sin. So by the time you start taking this little step. It's the whole thing about testing God. So, for example, now you pick up your phone and you know you're, you just got delivered from addiction to, let me say, pornography. And the help that day is that you don't have data. <laughs> you get, then the next thing, you, you, start, borrowed. you, you borrow data. That is testing God. <laughs> and God is here. So they are trying to deliver you. What you said, get sense now. <laughs> Thank you. Get sense. <laughs> I know that thing. I think that thing. Eh, I think that one of the things that annoys God consistently the most is that you know this is wrong. You know the consequences. You dare. But you say you go to the, you basically <laughs> to hell. I, like you just say, mm. say to hell with it. Yes. Even like, the Bible tells God us. says, God do your worst. Basically, mm. God just do your worst. Let, let, let us not you know that you know that expression <laughs> let that us not be too harsh with this because most people sometimes you know it's a level yes keeps building they, uh, that's the idea but then when you make it seem extreme because yeah. many people don't see it as extreme yes, like that yes. it seems very casual yeah you know like some kind of expression that you know some people they will be doing one thing they are trying to correct them they are that it's god that is judge only god can yeah. judge me <laughs> oh <laughs> father one, one thing that really leads to this kind of thing about testing god is like um, Akinolu said, unrepentant sin and yeah. disobeying instruction. Mm. For example, you've been told, don't um, go to a guy's house alone. So you then you're like, assistant Holy the spirit, you Facebook. know. You're a woman of God. You want to go and preach to, to this guy. With, with <laughs> <laughs> I want to go and speak to him. You know, he has you been having struggles. Speak, exactly. You want to speak to him, bring the word of God to him, and you go alone. You not sit down outside. You came in, he invited you, opened the door, and you entered. Come <laughs> to the bed. Like, the chair is not my own. <laughs> no, I don't have chairs. That's Sometimes. like an ex- like What happened to your chair? My guy borrowed it. Testing yeah. God. <laughs> so when you disregard instruction, this one we are okay, this one has to do with impurity, but in every area exam our practice everything we can bring god to test even in your workplace you can test god in your education your the way you use money you can test god mm. from this first corinthians chapter 10 i just opened message Bible just to he gave a different he said we should never we must never try to get christ to serve us instead of serve instead of serving him they tried it and God launched an epidemic of poisonous <laughs> snakes and all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so they said, another thing. Where, where someone has promised you that um, come and test Christ, come and test God, like with this amount of money, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, want to play on yeah. God's favor, yes. you want to play yeah. on His grace, as if it's try and lock, like bank on God's bank. When you serve God, He will service you. <laughs> I had this one in the bus. Someone was preaching. Wow. Like, hey, when you serve God, you will service you. I think, I think should be, there's something that the Bible said, something like that. So that he said that he will give them, I've forgotten how it's put that. I think he gave them meat. And as they ate the Add meat, leanness. added leanness mm. to their souls. Yeah. As it was in their mouth. They've yeah. not, they never even chop and no. finish. Yeah. <laughs> so, so most times we, we joke with this. Maybe, okay, maybe you have not heard any teaching. But now that you have heard this teaching, it's for correction because most times you think these things they are just the way it works just be trying god testing god god understands god you understand 
I know maybe I'm you've just been... a human being. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe because you've not heard, just like he said, you've not gotten an instruction. Maybe you've been doing it and you've been going, no punishment, you know. Now that you've heard, you just know that your punishment is that because you already know that it's not it's not right. It attracts God's wrath. At the end of it all, eh, I think there's still one more point that we'll look about. I think we ha- might have to look at that another edition of this that's talking about grumbling. And then there are a lot of other things to look at about how to incur the wrath of God or things that we should know so that you can avoid incurring his wrath. Mm. All right, those pray that God will help whoever listens to take these things to heart and repent of their ways, change the way they think and align to the will of God for themselves in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. This has Amen. been Because You Are Young on Kingdom World Radio. We've been discussing God Gets Mad at Us, part one. And so far, we've looked at many things. We looked at why God gets angry, who he gets angry at, how he gets angry. And then we also looked at some of the things that, you know, he gets angry for. What are the things that we do? We looked at things like idolatry, impurity, and also testing the Lord, trying Him. And that has brought us to the end of this. If you are just joining us as True Bible, you can catch this episode again on our podcast channels. Go to Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts at the KW Radio. And the Lord will bless you as you do so in Jesus' name. This has been Kingdom World Radio. Because you are young, know Christ and live by His truth. We'll see you again next time.